Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright, coming to you live, remote from outside of the studio once again. Starting to feel better, but just happy to be here with you today. Let's begin our day in prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. Through the mercy of God, may the souls of the faithful departed rest in peace. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, like I said, it's really great to be back with you today. Yesterday I woke up at 4.30 in the morning and did not have a voice. Tried, I tried and I tried but it just would not come. So we we took the day off yesterday and had Holy Mass for you. Today, we're right back in the saddle with things, though. We're going to have our conclusion of our conversation with Father Wade Menezes, and we've got some other goodies for you on the show today. But you know what? You know the drill. We can't get to any of that until we go to Mike Roberts for a look at today's weather. So let's go there now. Today is the feast day of Blessed Charles de Foucauld, who was a martyr. Born in 1858 into a family of aristocrats in Strasbourg, France, Charles was orphaned by the age of six and raised by his grandfather, who was a colonel in the French army. Rejecting his faith in his late teens, Charles joined the army himself and after his grandfather passed away, inherited the family fortune but he struggled with the obedience needed to be in the army. When he was assigned to Algeria, he took his mistress Mimi with him. When he refused to give her up, he was dismissed from the army, but remained in Algeria. Then, when his relationship with Mimi ended, he re-enlisted. Later, when he asked for, but was denied permission to do a scientific exploration of Morocco, once again, he parted ways with the army. But his exploration of the geography and culture of Algeria actually won him the prestigious gold medal from the Society of Geography in France. During his research, Charles had rediscovered his Catholic faith and in 1886 returned to France joining the Trappist monks. Eventually, he went back to Morocco to start a religious community dedicated to serving people of all faiths, but he attracted no followers and instead became a hermit. In the early 1900s, Charles lived among the Torah people in Algeria and Sahara, and slowly the Torah people began to seek him out along with others for spiritual direction. However, when World War I erupted, conflict among the local tribes developed, and he was assassinated along with two visiting French soldiers. He died on this day in 1916 and was beatified in 2005. Blessed Charles de Foucault, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. A prayer for daily neglects. Eternal Father, I offer thee the sacred heart of Jesus with all its love, all its sufferings, and all its merits. First, 
to expiate all the sins I have committed this day and during all my life. Second, to purify the good I have done poorly this day and during all my life. Third, to supply for the good I ought to have done and that I have neglected this day and all my life. Amen. All week long we've been talking about the season of Advent with Father Wade Menezes. Did you know that yesterday we began the Christmas Anticipation Prayer, the Novena of St. Andrew the Apostle? We begin on his feast day and pray 15 times a day through Christmas, and it's a very meditative prayer. It helps us increase our awareness of the real focus of Christmas and prepare ourselves spiritually for his coming. So let's pray it one time together now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So pray that prayer 15 times a day between now and and Christmas to help get yourself ready in this season of Advent. And to wrap up our conversation on the season of Advent, let's go to our interview with Father Wade Menezes, Part 3. We mentioned at the beginning of our interview, Father, that wonderful color, as I have to tell my daughter, violet is, is what you yes. will be wearing for most of the season. But And I think, is your color kind of violet there, Adam? In the camera, maybe it comes across that way. It's, it's more okay. of a blue, but... Um, okay, all right. There is a blue liturgical color for the Anglicans, and but we, we don't have blue as Catholics. No. Uh, we can highlight with blue, like in a white or gold vestment for our Blessed Mother, for example, but uh, but we want to stay with violet for Advent. In, indeed. <laughs> oh, I, I bring that up because, as you've mentioned, we have Gaudete Sunday in Advent. We have Laetari Sunday in Lent. In, mm. And for the football fans out there, whether that's American football or European, uh, you know, or as we call it, soccer here on this side of the pond, uh, I love halftime. It's a clear indicator. Yeah. We, are, we are halfway. How long will the match last? Well, we're halfway exactly, through. and yeah. and so that is always the joy, especially in the penitential season of Lent, to say, all right, we're halfway to the joyful season. So you've mentioned a few times that you would like to focus on this latter half of Advent, and that yeah. it, it, there is a difference in tone, perhaps. Uh, so what are we what yeah. are we talking about there? Well, we're talking specifically about the seventeenth through the twenty fifth, which guess what is a nine day period. Guess what? time for the Christmas novena. Guess what else it's all about? The great O antiphons. It's the great countdown of Holy Mother Church during the great season of Advent awaiting her Lord and King as an infant babe, a humble infant babe in a manger in Bethlehem. It's like Fulton Sheen says, you think the Holy Land is holy? How about the womb from which he came from? The Blessed Mother's womb. Talk about holiness. There's your argument against abortion right there, right? Mm -hmm. The holiness of the womb. Advent is a liturgical season, we've already said, of devout and joyful expectation. It focuses on the two comings of Christ, we've already said. Hence, the Mass offers two prefaces. Uh, one focuses on the general judgment for the first part of Advent, and then one focuses on the nativity of our Lord itself and His coming during these last days from the 17th is when we can begin to use that daily preface uh, at the Mass. Uh, the preface to remind our listeners, Adam, is that prayer right after the priest says, The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. Boom. That's the preface prayer that comes right after that. There's only two for Advent. 
the first one that we use for the most part of Advent, the larger part of Advent, is on the second coming of Christ. But from the 17th onward now, the great nine-day countdown, the great O Antiphon countdown, we begin to use the second one, the second preface, which focuses on our Lord's coming. So Advent is thus divided into two periods, from its beginning to December 16th, and then from December 17th to the 23rd. The second half of the liturgical season of Advent has us focus on the Nativity of our Lord, especially from the 17th through the 23rd. And then the 24th focuses, of course, on his imminent coming, beginning with Midnight Mass. In fact, both the Mass and the Liturgy of the Hours have special texts assigned for all of these days inclusive. Uh, seven days, the 17th through the 23rd. And then again, the last two days really focus on his imminent coming. Now, I want to talk about the O antiphons. I, I love these. They're so beautiful. And, and they've been done to music by some of the greatest masters of music, by Bach, by Mozart, I mean, by Wagner. It just goes on and on and on. They've all put these to music. Uh, December 17th, O Sapientia, O Wisdom. December 18th, O Adonai, O Lord of Might. December 17th, O Radix Jesse, O Flower of Jesse's Stem. December 20th, O Clavis Davidica, O Key of David. December 21st, O Orions, O Rising Dawn. December 22nd, O Rex Gentium, O King of Nations. And December 23rd, O Emmanuel, O God with us, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, right? So during these seven days of the 17th through the 23rd, we have the great seven O antiphons that I've just given in the Latin and the English. And the last two days, the 24th and 25th, which bring us up to the nine days total for that novena that you want to begin praying on December 17th, all the way up to Christmas Day inclusive, the ninth day of your novena prayer is Christmas itself. Tremendous celebration in the church. And people often ask me, well, what Christmas novena, Father Wade? I, I don't know. There's so many out there at good Catholic websites. Just pick one. Depends on how, how in detail you want it. There's some longer novenas out there. By longer, I mean there's still nine days, but the daily prayers for them are elongated prayers. Maybe as a family, you want to take on a longer one. Maybe because of your work schedule, you just want to take one that has just a shorter prayer for each day. It could be the same prayer for each day or a different prayer for each of the nine days. It doesn't matter. The church doesn't dictate that. Not even for Lent does the church dictate that. But we know that these last nine days from the 17th to the 25th, Adam, are something very, very special. Father, we have a, a segment on the show every day called Catequiz, and I think I'm going to put a Catequiz question to you here. Those Latin titles you just gave us for the O Antiphons, uh, if you take the days backwards and you start with Emmanuel working out, you get two Latin words. Do you happen to know what those two Latin words are and what they mean? It's one of my favorite things about the O Antiphons. Uh, say what we would do again. We begin so with we, we, if, if you take the, the titles and you go in reverse, so right. starting with Emmanuel, then Rex Gentium, uh, and then Orients. Right. So if you do that, you get two Latin words, arrow, cross. This is, oh, this is a, neat, a neat little devotion. Sure, uh, great. Aerocross. So here's your catequiz, friends, spell that. for the spell day. The, e spell, e R O okay. C R A S. Aerocross. Loosely translated in Latin, I will be with you tomorrow. I have never heard that. Well, I have never heard that. Well, no, for, for one time now, I, I can teach the teacher. <laughs> so you're saying the first letter, what you're trying to get at is the first letter of each of those Latin titles Correct. spell something. E from Emmanuel, uh, R from Rex Gentium, and I'm going backwards now, starting Correct. with the 23rd and going back to the 70th. Uh, o for Orion, C for Clavis, 
Clavis Davidica, R for Radix, Jesse, Adonai, A, and then ending with S for Sapiencia, O Sapiencia, which is actually the first O antiphon for the 17th. We get E-R-O-C-R-A-S, uh, Aero Cross, C-R-A-S, which you're saying, I am with you? Uh, I am with you. I will be with you tomorrow uh, is the loose translation. It's a, it's a very Wonderful. devotional thing. That is beautiful. Uh-huh. I'm making a note right now. See, Adam, this is why I need you to to go with me on the mission band, and you can serve as my opening act. All right, Adam, s- sign me up, Father. Anytime you're in the Midwest, and you can tell all your listeners on Open Line Tuesday that you, you, you have you have this wonderful little thing on the O antiphons that you want to share with everyone. And there and, you go. And our listeners will know where you can. So. That's right. Well, Father Wade, I want to thank you for uh, being with us today to talk about this season of Advent. And friends, we are going to talk a lot um, about it on the show here this entire season, including more on the O Antiphons. I would encourage you, uh, look in your area for a Christmas Novena. Not only can you find them online, several parishes throughout the listening area host them annually. I know our own uh, Kenrick Lennon Seminary here in St. Louis will be having theirs. They have theirs early because the seminarians all go home to their home diocese mm. uh, for the, the Christmas break so that they can be with their parishes and with their bishops over the, the Christmas holiday. Um, but there's many wonderful resources out there online, both in things you can print out and pray with your family, or you can put on a video that you find online and, and pray along with the video. I know one of my favorite traditions, Father, if I, if I do put it out there, is the service of lessons and carols where we go through all of the Old Testament readings leading up to the infancy narrative and a beautiful one of those, King's College, England. Every oh, year, wonderful. the beautiful choir in the chapel there, it's, it's a wonderful service. So you'll have to check that out if your time permits. But it would not be an interview with Father Wade if we did not close in prayer and invoke the foster father of Jesus. So, Father, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Amen. I just want to thank you for this opportunity. I, I love Advent. It's, it's, it's my favorite season of the, of the year apart from Easter. I just love Advent. I think I think Holy Mother Church set up sets up the tone for the whole year for us to be the best version of self that we can become, each one in his or her own vocation and state in life. So it's, that's the primary message I want your our listeners to take, your listeners to take, Adam, today from this interview. And just thank you for the opportunity. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our Covenant Network listeners and remain with each and every one of you this day and always, St. Joseph Terror of Demons. Pray for us. Father Wade Menezes, thank you so much for being with us. If you enjoyed this, be sure to uh, share it with your friends, especially the podcast and video versions of this. And as always, you can hear Father Wade every Tuesday here on Covenant Network as he hosts EWTN's Open Line Tuesday with Jack Williams. And you can call in and ask a question as well. It's a wonderful opportunity. Until next time, Father Wade, have a blessed season of Advent. And because I know I will not speak with you before Christmas, may you and all of the Fathers of Mercy have a Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. Thank you so much, Adam, and the same to all of you there at Covenant Network, and of course to you and your own bride and your children. God bless you all. Thank you all. We're so happy to have had this time with Father Wade to talk about the season of Advent. We're going to take another break on the show, but don't go anywhere because coming up we have Dr. John Bergsma from the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology who will be with us to talk about this new liturgical year and where we're at in the cycle of readings and what that means for you and I. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. The B1 Prayer Eternal Father, at the Last Supper, your Son prayed that all who bear his name 
might be one. Send the Holy Spirit upon us to make us one in Christ. Strengthen our faith in you. Lead us to love one another. Unite our service to our brothers and sisters and join us together as we build your church in our midst. Take away divisions that hinder our unity in Christ so we may, with one mind and voice, as members of one body, praise and glorify you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We are always grateful for our friends at the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology sending stuff our way. And uh, there's a new book out by Dr. John Bergsma, The Word of the Lord, Reflections on the Sunday Mass Readings for Year A. Dr. Bergsma is the Vice President of Mission at the St. Paul Center, and he is a full professor of theology at Franciscan University of Steubenville, Ohio. And if all of this sounds familiar, yes, that's correct. He works with Dr. Scott Hahn, and I like to think of him as a little one-two punch when it comes to uh, biblical theology. So, Dr. Bergsma, we're happy to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Adam. Now, it's one of those things that I remember the first time I learned this, I was like, oh, that's interesting, and then I kind of put it aside on the shelf for a while, and didn't really notice it for too long until I started working in liturgy that we actually, as one of the fruits of the Second Vatican Council, operate in a three-year liturgical cycle. So when we say the Sunday Mass readings for year A, we are talking about there's a year A, there's a year B, and there's a year C, which as we tape this, we are in the final days of year C, and on Sunday we begin year A with the first Sunday of Advent. Why do we have these different years? What's the purpose of these? Yes, it's so that we can delve into each of the first three Gospels, Adam. So year A is the Gospel of Matthew, year B, the Gospel of Mark, and year C is Luke. And you might ask, well, where's John and all of that? Well, John is read heavily in all of the years, especially during Lent, for example, and then since St. Mark is a rather short gospel, we actually supplement his year, year B, with some additional readings from uh, the Gospel of John. So, Adam, this three-year cycle was really set up in the wake of Vatican II to give us Catholics deeper exposure to the beauty of each of the different gospels, so that we can kind of understand each of their characters and the different flavor that each one offers us in its portrayal of Jesus. Now, that's a very important note, if I understand this correctly, because one of the criticisms we often receive as Catholics is that we are not a scriptural church, which couldn't really be farther from the truth, not just in terms of the way Scripture is incorporated into the Mass itself, but when we talk about these cycles of readings for the Sunday readings and also for the daily readings— Doctor, if you had to put a guess, which you probably don't even have to guess, about how much of sacred scripture do we go through once we've completed the full cycle of readings? Sure. We go through about 30%, I would say. And that may not sound like a huge amount, but what we need to remember about that is that 30% of scripture that we read in the Mass is representative of the storyline of the whole Bible. So it's strategically chosen to give us a very well-rounded diet, so to speak, of the Word of God. And it's just beautiful. I mean, let me testify, as, as a convert from Protestantism, when I was in high school, my pastor spent most of my high school career just reading through a single book of the Bible, 
Ephesians, preaching like on one verse a week. So our scripture exposure, you know, on a weekend was very limited based on the pastor's choice. But as Catholics, we do get a very, again, well-rounded diet of scripture that's strategically chosen and beautifully arranged. Now, when we talk about the Gospels, of course, we think of those first three Gospels as the synoptic Gospels, as they're called, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Each has their own differences. We're getting ready to dive into the year of St. Matthew's Gospel. What do we have to look forward to in St. Matthew's Gospel? What sets it apart from the others? Absolutely. So St. Matthew has particular emphases. One very special one is that the birth and infancy of our Lord is told from the perspective of St. Joseph. And so only in Matthew do we find, for example, the accounts of the dreams that St. Joseph had that guided him in the leadership of the Holy Family. Only St. Matthew gives us the account of Epiphany and the visit of the Magi. And then as we launch into Matthew, Adam, he continually presents to us Jesus as bringing the kingdom of God. So there's this heavy royal emphasis on Christ as king that runs through this gospel in fulfillment of all those promises that were given to our Lord's great royal ancestor, David. And many passages of Matthew that are completely unique. The Sermon on the Mount, for example, has some parallels in Mark and Luke, but nothing like the beauty of Matthew 5 through 7 and how that sermon is is so well fleshed out there. And then again, towards the end of the year, Adam, we come back, and in Matthew 25, we have three parables, like the wise and the foolish virgins, and the parable of the talents, and the parable of the sheep and the goats that round out the liturgical year. And those are highly treasured parables that stick in the memory, but they are only recounted by Matthew. So we're really indebted to Matthew for so much unique material. Now, as I look at the title of your book, The Word of the Lord, Reflections on the Sunday Mass Readings for Year A, I'm going to do a little inferring here, a little inference, that we should be reflecting on the Sunday Mass readings. Now, some might say, whoa, Adam, Dr. Bergsman, hold on. Isn't that Father's job? I mean, the deacon or the priest preaches the gospel and then gives the homily. Aren't they the ones that are supposed to do the reflecting? What does this possibly have to do with me? Yes. Well, the Scriptures are for all of us, and in the context of Sunday Mass, Father, depending on what part of the country he's preaching in, has between maybe 10 to 20 minutes to explain a few things based off of those Scripture readings. And it's never enough time to really delve into all the richness of God's Word that we get served up every Mass. I mean, any one of the readings that we get in Mass, whether the first or the second reading, the Gospel or the Psalm, any of those could be the rich food for a half hour or more of reflection just on that individual reading. So there's just so much wealth, so much richness in God's Word and every Sunday Mass, and we miss it unless we spend some time, set aside some time, to reflect on it personally. And this is really why I wrote the book. It wasn't really even so much for pastors, although a lot of priests have bought it to help with uh, homily preparation, but it was really written for lay people, for our own 
devotion and reflection on God's Word. And when we prepare for Mass well by reflecting on the readings, we dispose ourselves to receive more grace when we encounter Christ in the Eucharist. And we, we can really make greater progress on the path of holiness if we apply our mind and our heart to God's Word before we go and receive Christ on those weekend celebrations of the Eucharist. I think Dr. Bergsman just hit the nail on the head there. The, the more we prepare, the more we properly dispose ourselves. Just as we talk about often on the show, we wouldn't go to Mass in a state of mortal sin and receive Holy Communion, for we know that to be the sin of sacrilege. We properly dispose ourselves by going to that wonderful sacrament of reconciliation to be cleansed of our sins so that we're prepared to receive our Lord. Well, sometimes if I know my wife wants to speak with me about something important, I'm going to look at that email she sent me to say, we need to talk about this, whether it's high school for our son that we're searching for right now or a comment from a teacher on that. Why would I not look at the note that our Lord sends in the Scripture to say, all right, God wants to talk about this with us through Holy Mother Church on Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and do the uh, preparation now. So the book, again, is The Word of the Lord, Reflections on the Sunday Mass Readings for Year A by Dr. John Bergsma, available through the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, and you can check them out for this and for many great resources at stpaulcenter.com. That's St. Paul Center, stpaulcenter.com. Dr. Bergsma, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely, Adam. It's my privilege. A prayer to the Archangel Gabriel. O blessed Archangel Gabriel, we beseech thee, do thou intercede for us at the throne of divine mercy in our present necessities that, as thou didst announce to Mary the mystery of the Incarnation, so through thy prayers and patronage in heaven we may obtain the benefits of the same and sing the praise of God forever in the land of the living. Amen. Well, fear not if you thought our catequiz was only for Father Wade Menezes earlier in the show today. We do have a catequiz question for you now. How many days are in the season of Advent? You know, we often compare Advent and Lent, and we know the 40 days of Lent, but how many days are in the season of Advent? Now, if you're saying, wait a minute, Adam, doesn't it change from year to year? Yes, indeed, that is correct. It does vary. At its shortest duration, Advent can be 20 two days. If Christmas Day is on a Monday, the fourth Sunday of Advent is also Christmas Eve. But as we have this year, the longest duration of the season of Advent with Christmas Day on a Sunday, Advent is a total of 28 days, four full weeks of preparation. And as we are ending or nearing the end of this first week, we know we still have some work to do, but I hope you are off to a good start with it. I am looking forward to, uh, health permitting, being with the fine folks out at the Legion of Mary at St. Cletus Parish in St. Charles on Saturday to do some Advent reflecting on the Blessed Mother's Magnificat, which is also a good reminder for us that tomorrow is the first Friday of the month of December and Saturday is the first Saturday. So have that plan. You may need to go to confession. In fact, you, you need to as part of the first Saturday devotion. And if you're in a state of mortal sin, both devotions require you to receive Holy Communion, which means you need to go to confession first. Uh, tomorrow for First Friday, nine consecutive First Fridays, as our Lord asks St. Margaret Mary Alico to foster in this devotion, go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and in honor of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And then on Saturday... Go to confession, go to Holy Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray the rosary, 
meditate for at least 15 minutes on the mysteries of the rosary. And we do that for five consecutive first Saturdays. Why? Because the Blessed Mother asked us to do so. So first Friday tomorrow, first Saturday on Saturday, and Advent devotions. By the way, that St. Andrew novena that we were talking about, the Christmas anticipation prayer, which is really longer than a novena because it's more than nine days. It's a, it's a long novena. Uh, Fifteen times a day we're called to pray that. Now, some say, well, do I pray that 15 times at once, or do I split that up 15 times throughout the day? Well, you know what? I tend to advocate pray it 15 times at once so that you don't forget to do it throughout the day. But, you know, as my Latin teacher, Father Sam Weber, used to say, it's devotion. There's a larger margin of error, but we still don't want to make errors. So 15 times a day on that one. You can find that online as well as so many other great Advent prayers. We're going to get you one more look at the weather here, and then we'll have the daily dose of encouragement for you. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. We'll be back shortly. A prayer for the gift of wisdom. Great is the wisdom of the Lord. God Almighty, your wisdom includes an understanding of what is fair, what is logical, what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It mirrors your pure intellect. I entreat you to grant me such wisdom, that my labors may reflect your insight. Your wisdom expands in your creations, displaying complexity and multiplicity. Your wisdom is an eternity ahead of man. May your wisdom flourish forever. Amen. It's a good time to stop on this Thursday for our Daily Dose of Encouragement. Patty Schneier has been talking with us about fear and anxiety. And Patty, I look forward to today's encouragement. Well, I want to share a few nuggets that I learned on a silent retreat from a very wise priest. And he taught, as I said yesterday, there's only really two types of fears, not getting what we want or losing what we have. But he also said that fears stem from our own instincts. And we've been given these instincts by God. These instincts are good. It's only when they go out of whack, so to speak, or way out of bounds that they turn into obsessive fears and anxieties. These are the instincts that we all have. Safety and survival. That's the first one. The second one is the instinct or the need for affection and esteem to be loved by others. And the third one is we do have this human nature. It's in us for power and control. I mean, God said, fill the earth and subdue it. We are bound to do this. So all of these are good in and of themselves. All of these instincts drive many of our behaviors. But this is the important part that we have to know, that all of these instincts cannot be fully fulfilled here in this life. They are truly fulfilled in God. Think about it. Safety and survival. Only in heaven will we be truly, truly safe from all harm. Only in heaven. The need and this instinct that we have for esteem and affection, it's in God's love for us that we are adored. We are the apple of his eye. If we're looking for that esteem and affection from people or things, we're going to be disappointed. And thirdly, for power and control, notice it's when we relinquish power and control to God that we can do all things right through Christ who strengthens us. So all of these are really fulfilled only in God. And it's when we look to things of this earth to fulfill them that we get out of whack and then we get all afraid because we're not getting what we want or losing what we have. So analyze your fears today. That's what I guess I want to encourage people to do. What is it that you're so afraid of? Analyze where is this coming from? What instinct is just 
taken over and maybe is a little bit out of whack. And then just pray for the grace to be able to see that this will really, truly be fulfilled in God and in God alone. Patty, this encouragement immediately takes me back to a hymn we used to sing in church, Only in God, my stronghold, my shelter, only in him is my soul at rest, and how often I forget that. So thank you for this reminder today. that's our show for today and once again i want to thank you for being with us for this episode of roadmap to heaven we will have everything up on the podcast later this morning which is a great way to share if you enjoyed this program go to ourcatholicradio.org click on programs and click on roadmap to heaven you can find it all right there or just go to your favorite podcast player and you can find our show there we do our best to upload the show by 10 a.m. every day, and then soon we'll have the uh, that whole video or that whole interview we did with Father Wade Menezes was by video, and we're hoping to have that live online or uploaded online for you as well. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Queen of all saints, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Terror of Demons pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, the good news is some of my kids finally went back to school today. The better news is I'm hoping to be back with you tomorrow and uh, looks like we'll have more Roadmap to Heaven to come this week. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening this morning and as the Blessed Mother asks us to do every day, don't forget to pray your rosary today.